This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Where are you Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm A.J. Richardson, and I'm also here with my buddy, Jared Davis. It's been a minute, Jared. We took a little bit of a hiatus over the summer, did some family vacations. I went to Italy. I think you did some stuff as well. What 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 have you been up to over the last you know, month or so since we've uh, done a podcast? Hey, man. Uh, good to be back with you. I did not go to Italy. Um, <laughs> that that sounds like a, a very cool trip, though. I um, We just did the regular, you know, went down to the Panhandle, went to the beach, um, tried to stay cool. I feel like it's been you know, super humid this summer. I know yes. that's, that's typical weather for the South, but I feel like it's been extra. So it has, um, I, I feel the same. Like I, I stepped out of a air conditioning building and then it literally hit me. And I, maybe I, 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 I'm a healthy guy, but like I could feel it was harder to breathe. And I was like, what is going on? Like just the thickness of the humid air was, was there. Yeah, I am ready for fall weather, not only because that means football's back, but I also am just ready to stop breathing this humid thing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, all in all, you know, good summer. Uh, my, I have kids and they start back to school. They start back in, a, in one more week. So they got one more week of summer, but yeah, it, it's coming, man. I mean, I think, uh, I think the NFL has that Hall of Fame preseason game this week. Um, that kicks off you know, quote unquote official football. Yeah. And, 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 and preseason for the NFL starts right around the same time. Auburn ends up starting in all their college football. So, you know, there's going to be some football literally in like a month, which is so exciting to me. Yeah. Um, like we're, we're so close to it. Um, and you know, the sec media days is one of those in my mind, like a milestone of the seasons almost here. We got through, essentially like the doldrums of the summer where there's just like a not not a lot going on typically um unless bad stuff happens which you know <laughs> every year seems like something happens and uh you know that's just the way it is in the off season but you know this this time of year is when things start building right back up and SEC media days being in Nashville talking generally about kind of the SEC got me really excited and then specifically you know we had Hugh Freeze and then three Auburn players, Cam Stutz, Elijah McAllister, and Luke Deal, all representing Auburn. Uh, and and if you've listened to any of their stuff, did a great job of representing Auburn. And, uh, you know, it, it was exciting to get back to it. So uh, any kind of just general themes or anything that you saw from the SEC media days uh, before we get into other stuff like Big Cat Weekend, recruiting, and, you know, just around the corner, literally this week is going to be the start of fall camp. But anything about SEC media days that you kind of pulled from? No, I, I didn't. Honestly, didn't watch as much as I probably should have. I, um, you, you know, they interviewed Hugh Freeze, and it's always just interesting to hear other coaches' opinions. They didn't say the coach, but they asked, they told him, they said, hey, there's, you know, there's a coach out there who has said that you are the best second half adjustment coach in the country Hmm. and then they kind of went on to ask his thoughts about that um and i think he went on to you know he was very humble and said you know i appreciate whoever said that 
he did make mention, he said, honestly, I don't plan to be that way. He said, I actually do hold some of my plays back until the second half, so maybe that's why. But, hmm. um, yeah, so, anyways, I mean, I, you know, we're all – some people don't know Hugh because I mean he was at old, I mean some young listeners don't know Hugh very well and we remember him back from Ole Miss. Yeah. So it's just good to hear that yeah the guy can actually coach. I mean and I think we know that he beat Alabama twice and he did joke on the SEC media day. He's like it could have easily been a third time. I think they lost thirty to twenty nine or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Hugh's not afraid of Alabama or Georgia, which we'll get into recruiting a little bit later. But he's not afraid to go toe-to-toe with them which you have to have when you're at Auburn um so you know from recruiting standpoint to game planning to getting your players ready for say the deep south oldest rivalry against Georgia or the Iron Bowl and you can tell he's gonna have um, something planned ready for it and that's exactly what Auburn needs um a couple kind of things that kind of stood out to me just generally um, maybe not specific to Auburn was, uh, it was kind of around like the NIL type stuff, which, you know, I feel like every coach is asked about that aspect, um, of the game, but even like Greg Sankey, uh, who's the SEC kind of over the SEC, um, he was, he was asked and I thought it was interesting that he wanted to kind of handle NIL and get that handled by the federal level, which I was thinking, I mean, I, in theory, sure. Get it kind of from a government's perspective, like it's, you know, clear from every conference, like this is what NIL is and what it is not. But let's be honest. I think they're a little bit too deep already. I mean, they open up Pandora's box and NIL is kind of just like a wild, wild West a little bit in a way right now. And, uh, I, I just don't see that happening unless something really big happens. Like a player gets completely screwed by an NIL deal or something happens like that. And then the, federal government has to they 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 are obligated to get involved um so i i just think that it, i don't know about you jared but i feel like that's probably not going to happen and nil is just kind of what it is and i think sec should just kind of how we've already done it you know think back to like the pandemic the sec was kind of leading the way and what to do how to play football in a pandemic how to do it safely um, and I think the SEC should just be up front and say, hey, this is how we're handling, handling NIL as a, as a conference, and then other conferences will likely follow suit. Any kind of thoughts about the NIL kind of deal when it comes to college and SEC? No, I mean, from an overall standpoint, you know, it is kind of the wild, wild west. They got to figure out a game plan. But um, I think the bigger issue with, Sankey, I agree with you. I wish the SEC would do it. I think the bigger issue, from my limited knowledge, is certain states have different rules. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, those trump anything Sankey would say anyways. Um, And I guess that's why he wants it to be on a federal level. However, I agree with you. I don't even know why they would care. I don't know why states care. There's got to be something I don't understand. I don't understand why any government entities involved in this. um, I wonder if it has to do with, you know, there's a big chunk of taxes for every single NIL dollar that goes to players because they don't get, you know, say they get a hundred thousand dollar deal. They don't get all that. A, a large portion of it, just like if you were working, your, your taxes get taken out of it. Yeah. I mean, I, there's gotta be something to it. I, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, college, it was the set, the amateur status. And that's like only amateurs can play. 
Yeah. But from a legality standpoint, you know, even I don't I don't understand why that's ever been an issue from a governmental standpoint. But I'm not a really smart guy. Um, I don't I whoever creates the overall rule that everybody has to follow, I'm I'm in favor of. But I'm with you. I don't think the government that's not top priority for them. No. I don't think it should be top <laughs> priority for them. I really think what so NIL it's broken. Um, but I think if you could, I think if they'll fix the transfer rule, and that's something you can do without government help. Yeah. Because because it literally is. Not only is nobody locked in anymore, they're not the NIL. Anybody can come grab your best player next year by offering more money. Well, they can't do that if we have transfer rules. Right. And like you're locked into. I mean, listen. I'm all for the kids, right? But we you have to have some in every organization out there. You have some form of structure. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be a rule of hey, once you commit to a school, you're committed for two years or something. You know, like you can't. You have to be committed for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Because you can't have this open free agency and NIL. It's it's more of that that's messing up football. Yeah. And not just the NIL. Yeah, I think one of the more visible steps that at least the sec is kind of taken and i'm i'm betting other conferences are kind of taking this approach if they haven't already they're probably moving towards it is moving within the conference so if you would transfer say from like auburn to i don't know tennessee you have to sit out the next year if you're transferring within the sec that's already in place but i think more rules like that will kind of you know trim it down a little bit because right now it's it feels like and, and look at Auburn's kind of roster this year. Forty two players are brand new compared to what we finished with last season. That's over a third of your team is switching yeah. either switching out or you got new guys coming in. It's just a lot of stuff. And I don't think that's necessarily sustainable. No, um, and, and we benefited from it this year, but I still think the rule yeah, I still think there needs to be more rules on it. And you just can't build i don't know like i'm all for if your coach leaves there should be a window there you can get out um but if everything's the same as when you committed to the school yeah you're just not getting playing time like i don't think i think there needs to be a longevity rule there where you gotta at least you gotta you know you're you can move on your career's not done but you you gotta at least be there a little bit of time exactly and i think that would help uh i mean let's be honest there's so many players that we've kind of tracked in this transfer portal world that, you know, the grass is always green on the other side. So they, they're not getting the amount of reps that they're hoping to at the current school. So they end up transferring. Well, if you follow a lot of these players, there's a handful that it did work out and they got more play time at the new school, but a lot of them got the same, if not less. And so to me, it's kind of like, at some point there's going to be a break even point in this. So that's just kind of like a general observation of NIL, the transfer portal in this new world that we're in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, but a couple other things just kind of, I wanted to talk about from the SEC media days. Um, first off, Elijah 
McAllister. He's the Vandy transfer. He's going to be playing Jack uh, for us at, at Auburn, which for Jack, it essentially means kind of like defensive end slash can be a linebacker slash can rush the quarterback. There's a lot of different things that they can do. Uh, so really excited to see what he can do. You can already tell Elijah is just a leader. He is a man among boys and he already knows what he wants. Uh, he's, he's right now at Auburn. He's already got his bachelor's. He got from Vandy and master's from Vandy. Now he's working towards his doctorate, which if that doesn't tell you anything, I mean, that the guy is driven. Um, so I, I'm really excited to see what he can do at Auburn, um, where we needed somebody, we needed some extra pass rushers since we lost the main two ones from last year. Uh, so really excited to see what he can do. I don't think uh, I could pass a class at Vandy. So the fact that he, yeah, has yeah. done what he did, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, for sure. A um, couple other just main things about SEC media days. Um, if you haven't heard, uh, Hugh Freeze was asked about Jarquez Hunter. He was essentially said, hey, it's a university matter. I can't speak on it. So that's saying, you know, the university is now getting involved. And so they're dealing with it. It's not just the Auburn Athletics Department. And uh, at this point, it's just kind of a weighing game of figuring out what that looks like uh, with Jarquez Hunter. So, I mean, we probably won't know until – maybe even the week of the first game, uh, what actually happens with Jarquez Hunter uh, for this season. But I'm really hoping for from a very selfish perspective that we get him just because of how impactful he is on the football field. Um, but obviously that's not my call, and there's plenty of other reasons and issues kind of going on with that um, that we won't speak to. Do you think we will actually ever know, or will we just show up or look – turn the TV on and wait till the starting roster. Like they're not, they are being so tight lipped on this that I don't know that they'll even say anything. They may not. And it may just be him walking out of the tunnel on the first game. And we're just like, okay, so he's on the team there or he's not. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how it's going to be. I I highly doubt we actually get an update on it. Yeah. You're probably right. Especially with the sensitivity of, you know, kind of what went on. I don't, I don't think we'll ever truly know. Um, a couple other things with that Hugh Freeze talked about, um, and this is, this one got a lot of press was the talk about alignment, and there's plenty of people uh, that are teeing off on this, and I think this is so key for Auburn. You know, think about the different ways we've started to see. You know, the past few coaches, there's been, you know, think about it with uh, Brian Harson. You know, he was brought in. Not everybody agreed with it, uh, at least from what we've heard from the administration. And so that created a little bit of a rift. And whenever there's a little bit of distrust in that, things start to happen. Um, and, and so it sounds like Hugh is a, is very well aligned with the athletic director, president, and everybody, um, which, you know, what more can you ask for at this point? Um, now, of course, we haven't played a football game. You know, whenever losses kind of come into play, which – let's be honest, we're in the SEC, you're going to have losses. When that starts happening, that's when pressure starts building. And so, but hey, early on, start out on the right foot. You know, it's kind of like when you're dating, you want to start out on the right foot, get things going. And, uh, you know, it sounds what that's, that's essentially what Hugh Freeze is doing. And that, I don't know about you, Jared, but that honestly, the alignment piece gets me probably more excited than 
almost any other thing that was talked about from the SEC media days. Well, let's just say we haven't landed a five-star since 2019, and we just landed two in the last four days. So yeah. <laughs> I think the alignment, I think the alignment's there. Yeah, I think yeah. it's, I think, I think there's proof in the pudding on that now. Um, you got to win football games. I mean, at the end of the day, if he didn't go win football games, none of this matters. However, I mean, I think we can't, it needs to become commonplace. We don't need to get super excited. When, I mean, you get excited when you land a five-star, but, I mean, it's a humongous deal for us right now because we don't do it very often. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely a sign that, number one, Hugh gets it, and number two, I think he does have the support all the way up to the top. Yeah. Well, and you're not getting a five-star, especially in your first season, not to mention two five-stars, without there being alignment and and we're we're not oblivious there's got to be nil money behind both of those deals oh yeah for five stars and so having alignment with you know the on to victory nil collective as well as everybody else involved you know coaching staff i mean we all saw i don't know if you did but like at least i saw the videos of like those players when they announced particularly the the most recent one from uh Camp or not Camp War Eagle, uh, Big Cat Weekend. Big Cat. Demarcus yeah. Riddick. I mean, you're just thinking, wow, like the players are around him, like love it. The current Auburn players do. And they literally threw you freeze into the water within like 15 seconds of Demarcus Riddick saying, hey, I'm flipping. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming to Auburn. And you're like, that's so fun. That is awesome. Um, well, yeah, actually, I think, look, sorry, that was a. Uh, I'm sorry, I messed that up. I think it was uh, Perry Thompson, but either it was way, Perry T- it's okay. Yeah, I, I, uh, two things, two things real quick. Uh, Camp War Eagle is what you and I went to, and nobody cared what announcement <laughs> we made on that. Um, the, uh, yeah, and it didn't look sta- like I felt like not to go back to the old uh, coaching staff, but everything kind of looked. It had that staged feel to it. Yeah. Um, of like, hey, we're trying to like fit in i don't know like it didn't look staged it just looks like i really think that Hugh literally loves just being around these guys and they you yeah. like hey we're gonna throw our coach in the pool and it's just i don't know it seemed genuine i'm probably just making that up but um it doesn't feel like they're trying to like force this i guess lack of a better word like brotherhood it feels like it's just coming natural yeah well you know think back to our most recent coach brian harson there there was an element of like right after his first season, a lot of, hey, he's not, like, he's X's and O's type of person, which, you know, there's something to be said for that. But it wasn't, like, a relationship. And when players started leaving, that was a lot of kind of the – I think it kind of as an exit interview. (laughs) You'd hear from players, like, he never really cared about me as a person. He doesn't know me. And and if I'm Hugh Freeze, he knows these guys. Um, And he's making that switch, which I love – um, there's such a stark difference there and it's paying off in the recruiting. Um, so, all right, we already talked about it just a little bit. Let's talk about those new commits, those new recruits that, uh, Hugh freezes, uh, flipped over. We already had Peyton Thorne. Um, so he's in a battle with, uh, Robbie Ashford. It sounds like for quarterback, um, Joseph Phillips linebacker. We stole him from UGA. You gotta love it. Um, again, going toe to toe with some of the best, uh, if not the best, um, recruiter at this point um, at Kirby with Kirby Smart. 
And then we also had Malik Blockton early in July, um, who's Marcus Harris's uh, younger brother. He's a four-star defensive tackle, which you can always get more and more of those. I feel like it, with almost any team, you just need more guys like that just to keep guys fresh, especially in the SEC, um, which was for him. I'll, I'll kind of mention this again, kind of to bring up our old coach. He didn't even really recruit him, which is crazy. Like imagine, like I'm, I'm picturing this, like I'm at Auburn, my younger brother's about to come to Auburn and he's a good football player, four star. How would the current, like if I'm on the coaching staff, I'd be like, Hey, Harson, go, my brother's here. He really wants to play for Auburn. All you got to do is offer him and he'll take it. And Harson didn't do that. Like that, that's nuts to me. If he's that good of a player. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so. We could spend we could spend a whole session, a whole podcast series on all that. <laughs> yeah, that's just sad. Like, um, and, and kind of all the more reason why Auburn decided to fire Harson mid season. And uh, thank goodness we had Cadillac uh, step in there, or else, I mean, literally, I think we'd probably have three or four wins last season, and yet we I, we were able to scrape together some wins at the end of the season. Yeah, and you can't quantify this, but I think that what he showed about Auburn those last four games, I think that's playing an impact on this recruiting. I think that hundred percent. You know, you know, you go. It, it, we all hear it too. Oh, but probably post COVID, no. But before you would go to these job interviews, and they're like, "Oh, we got this great atmosphere, this great culture." Everybody, every company says that. Yeah. But literally, it was on display, especially at the Texas A and M game. Of like, no, this really is what Auburn's about now. Um, we got some issues going on, and we've tried to hopefully fix those. But the culture is, it has been here through many different co- coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that makes Auburn any better than anybody else, but it is a little different feel. I mean, it is it is more of a family atmosphere. Um, right. I can't explain it. I, I don't know why it is that way. Yeah. Um, but I've even had other fan bases say it. And so I think that if you add that along with the alignment, along with good coaching, along with financial support, um, I think it is a little bit of not a sleeping giant, right? We're just not in the position to be Bama or Georgia. But um, we can be close, but you it, you got to get the alignment. And, and it is exciting that it feels like that part's there. Um, real, I, I've rambled, but I, we're not going to win 10 games next year. For anybody wondering, I'm not saying that. But <laughs> The 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 groundwork is being laid. I mean, these five stars are twenty twenty four yeah. guys. They're not even going to impact us next year, right? Um, yeah. But that groundwork is being laid. Yeah, and, and if you get guys like this to commit now, I mean, think about it. If you get, I mean, yeah, I think it's a realistic. I, I think it's a realistic season. I, yeah, and, and if you have these guys and you get consistently like a top ten recruiting class, it's expected, especially in the SEC for you to be competing not only for an SEC championship, but potentially a, you know string a couple of those classes together, a national championship. And so, you know, that's the groundwork that has to be laid. And Hugh Freeze knows that way better than anybody because of how he's been able to turn around and say Ole Miss, where the first season he was there, he's he had no SEC wins before that. He flipped them around, kind of similar thing around Liberty. Then they get you know ten win seasons once he comes on staff, and you're thinking, all right, let's see what he can do at Auburn, and Auburn's in a really good spot, uh, way better than we were um, at the end of last season. 
Um, and, it, and to your point, it does kind of come back to what Cadillac did um, to bring that brotherhood back, to serve each other, uh, be disciplined, all the things Cadillac was for. And that laid the groundwork for Hugh Freeze coming in and just taking off. Um, and, and some of these guys, I forget if it was either Perry Thompson or Demarcus Riddick, but that was one of the first, they were some of the first people that Hugh Freeze made contact with. And he knows it takes months. It takes a long time to get those players and their families to say, yeah, I'm going to send, send my kid to your school. And guess what? O- over time, the commitment between Hugh Freeze and his staff to go get these guys is paying off. And, and that's the kind of positive momentum that you know we have been just craving is well, those big names. And it's been so long since we've gotten those. Uh, and here we are, here we are, you know, come 2024, we're going to have a couple five stars, uh, on our roster, not to mention some great high four stars as well. And, uh, I mean, right now we're kind of sitting at like the 17th nationally kind of 15th, depending on whatever you're looking at, uh, for rankings. But I mean, that's only with 14 commits. So factor in our full recruiting class, we're, we're definitely kind of pushing if we're not already in the you know top 10 um nationally so you know when we get to that spot then i'll be like all right he he knows what he's doing and uh these guys are really trusting him another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, so let's specifically talk about each of the kind of top big recruits that we ended up landing. Uh, we'll start with Demarcus Riddick. Uh, he's a five-star linebacker. Um, he flipped. We got him. Uh, he chose Auburn over... Georgia and Bama. You love to see it. Um, I mean, you could just see when he flipped is uh, there was, I saw some people taking some either screenshots or a picture when he chose, he was so happy. His mama was so happy. Um, it was on her birthday. Um, so th- there's just a lot of good things around that. And, and Auburn had kind of been, I don't know, hoping it would happen. And it was official official um, when he put on that Auburn hat. So, what do you think about Demarcus Riddick coming in? You know, the last five-star linebacker we had was Owen Papo in 2019, and uh, we all know he he was just like a staple on, on our linebacker core for a long time. But what do you think about Demarcus Riddick committing to Auburn? Yeah, I think that it was a, a pretty seismic commit because it was not only was uh, Owen Papo our five, last five-star linebacker, he was our last five-star period. And, like, this was not only a five-star, it was a guy who technically was committed to Georgia at the time. It was known he wasn't going to keep that commitment, but he was either going to come to us or Alabama. So we basically beat out our two biggest rivals who dominate the recruiting market. We haven't had a five-star in forever, and this guy chose us. And when that happened, it was kind of like, oh, okay, we're, we're here to play. Yeah, and then and then it kind of stole Perry Thompson's thunder because you know it's been rumored he was going to do it for a while, um, and once he did it, you're like, oh, that's really cool too. But it was like that, it was like that first nudge 
Yeah. Riddick. It was like, okay, we are here to play. We know what we're doing. It's funny. I was talking. I was actually talking to a, a guy that I know who's a Virginia Tech fan last night, and he he was mad. He's like, "Yeah, thanks for taking Riddick because once y'all did that, Georgia then turned around and grabbed the best linebacker out of Virginia, who was going to be coming oh. to us." It's just it's funny that trickle down effect, right? But right. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, I mean that's the biggest recruit we've gotten in a long time, and I don't even care about how good he is. I'm just saying what it what it symbolizes is it to me is why it was so big. Right. Well, you and I kind of know Auburn, even with, you know, less um, talent on a team can compete against Georgia and Alabama, but it's such a harder way to compete. I mean, for goodness sakes, what was it? Two years ago, we almost beat Bama and it took like however many four or five overtimes to finally do it. And just think when we actually have the talent level, to do that and we can go toe-to-toe against them and not have and you know we got a chance like a legitimate chance every single time i love that um so that's what we're in my mind kind of building up to and it's going to take a lot of hard work even Hugh freeze at sec media days said he knows his legacy at auburn is really going to depend on the 2024 and 2025 class so both of those classes are going to be so instrumental and can he be really successful at Auburn? And if this weekend was, I mean, essentially within three days, if that's any sign, man, we're kind of on the trajectory of really hunting down that next SEC championship and then national championship. So especially if the playoffs, you know, start expanding soon, which, you know, kind of in the near future, that'll happen. Auburn's going to the playoffs and maybe can be a consistent contender in that. So that that's exciting to me. Um, let's also talk about Perry Thompson. I mean, six foot three, 202 pound wide receiver, five stars. Well, um, committed to Bama about a year ago, a little over a year ago. Um, again, he was one that freeze just relentlessly went after since January, since he, he's took over the program and you know what? It worked. He won him over. He won his family over. He's coming to Auburn. Um, you love that kind of, uh, just the, Wow, we're going up against Bama. Like, I love that. Um, so, a um, couple of kind of just key aspects about him where he could impact Auburn. Um, he's really good at the vertical ball. So, like, I'm thinking about you know Sammy Coates or Seth Williams, even you know some Duke Williams stuff. Um, you know, big big guys, which we all know Hugh Freeze has. Uh, he's definitely gravitates towards those type of guys in the wide receiver room. So to get one of them that's so talented, I mean, Hugh's going to ride him. And, I mean, if I'm a defense, I'm thinking, wow, we're going to probably have to put two guys, two defenders on Perry Thompson the whole game because if if he gets out, it's probably a big gain or a touchdown. So that, that just gets me excited for how Perry Thompson can impact this uh, this team. Um, any other thoughts about Perry Thompson before we uh, kind of wrap up the recruiting segment? No, I don't know. Honestly, I don't put a ton of attention into it. I mean, as far as like, you know, their actual stats. So I don't have much to add. I, <laughs> I assume if you're a five-star, you know, you got essentially everything any school is looking for. So, yeah. um, you know, again, just another huge, not only again, a five-star, but a five-star that was committed to Alabama. Um, and, you know, 
there, there's, uh, there's only about 65% optimism on this, but there is optimism 65% Auburn's way that we'll get another five star by the end of next weekend to commit right. to us. So, I mean, it's, I don't know if that's going to happen. He was a big cat. It's, I think it's KJ Bolden. Yep. Um, and he basically made the comment that after his meeting with Hugh Freeze, he had him wanting to commit right then. But I think he's, you know, I think it's down to us in Florida State. So we'll see. But, I mean, you know, if that happens, that's three fives. We had had one since 2019, and we may very well have three by this time I mean, uh, next week. We were, we were talking about, you know, what was it, kind of like around March, April. And similar thing happened where we hadn't had offensive line recruits and then it was and then bam 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 we yeah we got so many like way more than we've ever had um and so again it to me this just shows how how well he can evaluate and his staff can evaluate um you know where is the need and to us as fans you know we kind of see the need and the need is getting met um so i mean obviously we haven't played a football game yet with these guys but based on what they had done in the past or you know how high of a recruit they are, I mean, more than likely a lot of these guys are going to pan out. Um, and that, that's exciting to me. And I need kind of just uh, one more that I think you had mentioned right before this. Uh, Dylan Sunda, he's an offensive lineman. Um, he's, he's transferring from Northwestern. That just broke um, today on Sunday when we're recording this. Um, big guy, 6'5", 305. I mean, huge. You mean you Bring can never the have too many of those. Nope. You can you never can't. have too many of them. He apparently had played. I think he's played every position on and on the offensive line as well. So very versatile. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you can always. I mean, we all know this. The last few years, offensive line has been a struggle, and you know, guys getting injured, having flexibility of playing different positions is super key uh, for this. Um. All right. Let's kind of transition to the last little small topic. We got fall camp coming up literally August 2nd uh, is when it starts. So um, that's just so exciting to me that that just means football's that much closer. Um, I mean, to me for this fall camp, everything, not just way I'm thinking about it, but everybody's going to be focusing in on the quarterback battle, Robbie Ashford versus Peyton Thorne. What's it going to be? And Right now, which is kind of shocking, this came out, I think, last week or so, um, Vegas had, uh, apparently, Robbie Ashford was favored. And I don't know where they're getting that from. Maybe it's just looking back at Malik Willis and saying, hey, that's what Hugh Freeze did with a Malik Willis type guy, which Robbie Ashford's pretty similar to Malik Willis. But there's that that would be kind of interesting. Like, I feel like a lot of people kind of had Robbie Ashford, even though he's the incumbent, not necessarily winning the position. So maybe there's more of a competition there than, you know, we initially hoped or we, we initially thought. What's kind of your thoughts on that? You know, how are you feeling at this point about quarterback battle? Yeah, I mean, I really have no idea. I mean, I don't think as Thorne has not done a single practice with Auburn, right? I mean, didn't he come in? Did he? Yeah. Did they? Okay, so I don't – yeah. I mean, that's probably what they're going off of. The guy's never taken a snap at Auburn. Um versus a guy that started, I don't know, eight or nine games. Um, I, I, I think at the end of the day, it probably, I think it's probably Thorne's job. I mean, the thing about Thorne that people don't realize is, I think he went 10-1 and one in two years ago. Mm-hmm. And they, 
or 11 and one they won the peach bowl apparently last year i spoke with a guy that it was a michigan state fan he was injured last year they didn't bring that up till the end of the year so that kind of hurt yeah. his numbers yeah. So well and so was you know robbie throughout the robbie season. was hurt as well robbie was hurt as well so yeah that's fair and and that really could have hurt his accuracy numbers i mean you can't you can't throw out the lsu game right where he threw for over 350 yards and yeah I mean, it was amazing. I mean, we almost won the game and should have, probably, and it was all because of him. Um, so there is something there with him, and if they can just get him to do the easier pass, I feel like it was a Bo Nix combo, right? Just make the easy passes over the middle, the out route. Right. Make those passes consistently so you don't kill drives. Man, if he can start doing that, absolutely. Not only is he the starter, he, he we're talking all SEC if he can, if he can master that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's all. Like in my mind, still the big question mark is can he can he do that? I know he wants to make the decision sooner rather than later, but he also wants to let this thing play out um, to see who's who's going to really truly win win that position. Uh, so um, we got tons of uh, you know fall camp stuff coming up, and then obviously we will start getting into uh, our SEC uh, kind of. Auburn's schedule. Um, how are we? How are we going to do preseason? Uh, what is our predictions for the season? So we've got that coming up, and then before we know it, it's going to be September, and uh, we actually have football that we can watch. And uh, man, th- it's always so much fun. Um, love, love me some Auburn football. And uh, this season, I feel like there's just a reinvigorated sense, at least for me, of excitement. You know, I, I think. Hugh knows what he's doing and even with you know maybe not the ideal scenarios of the roster that Hugh Freeze wants he's put stuff together that on paper seem like he's he's doing what he needs to Uh, so it'll just be a a matter of time before we know how this team does uh, throughout the season any other final thoughts before we get out here no I'm with you man I'm just glad football's back and I don't want to be those guys because it is hot just walking around. So they're going to have helmets and pads on. But, yeah. Uh, they're probably used to it. So just hope everybody's safe. And, uh, yep, I guess uh, we're about to roll over to August here soon. So we'll, we'll have we'll have football by the end of August. Uh, there'll be somebody playing on a Thursday night. So it's exciting times. So exciting. All right, Jared, before we get out of here, how can uh, people stay in touch with you? You can just find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.